Welcome to the Other Side of Grace podcast. My name is Cody Pischke. I'm here with Cole Vandenberg and David Kimball. And today we're going to talk about David Kimball's blog, Repentance is a Lifestyle, a meditation on Psalm 51, 6 and 7. try first try <laughs> so uh, I wrote this blog about a year ago as um, a response to a book I wrote I wrote I didn't write the book I read the book as a response to a book I read by um, Paul David Tripp called whiter than snow and it is 52 devotions on uh, sin and mercy and it dives each devotion dived into Psalm 51 a different aspect of it and uh, it, after spending 52 days in this topic, God really just started speaking to me about a lot of things. And um, I wanted to kind of write down a concise um, understanding of what God had showed me um, through my own journey of repentance. Mm -hmm. And um, because I, I originally read this book right after I had hit rock bottom with some of my addictions and it really spoke to me then and then I put it on a shelf and forgot about it and mm. so last year I was challenged to read it again and God of course illuminated everything again over to me and, and it was amazing how how much we get into this cycle of <clears throat> of um, sin confess repent which we'll talk about here in a little bit but we forget so often and so quickly the truth of God in our lives and just simple things of God's love and grace and how he works in our hearts for transformation. We can just forget that yeah. in our everyday journey. So I wanted to write it down um, really for my sake more than for anyone else's. But like anytime I write a blog, I'm, I'm, I'm writing what's on my heart. And I just hope that God can use it to speak to someone else. Yeah. So um, this book, I, I highly recommend it, Whiter Than Snow by uh, Paul David Tripp. Uh, he's not paying me to say that, <laughs> um, but I do recommend it for anyone who's interested in diving into the relationship of sin and mercy. Mm -hmm. So guys, um, you've all had a chance to read the blog and uh, spend some time with it. Um, I'd love to hear kind of your initial thoughts, what stood out to you, um, how God really spoke to you in this um, meditation. Uh, so we'll start over here, Cole, if you want to kick us off with your thoughts. Sure. Um, my first thought was almost a wow to myself. In a sense, I uh, didn't realize how much sin I still was holding on in my life. It was interesting to bring light to some things like uh, putting death to your sin, how you have to have almost a desire and you have to grieve your sin. Cause I, for the longest time I've been fighting, trying to forget about it. And if you forget about sin, it's easy for it to creep up back. So I, 
actually picked this podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> I picked this uh, blog for David for us to talk about because it was honestly the first one I read. But I'm like, there's no way I could read another one and not just put this one aside because it was almost a needed thing for me to to talk about it openly. So that's kind of my first thoughts of it. Cody? Yeah, no, um, I, you know, first off, thanks, David, for inviting me on this, man. This is pretty Absolutely. cool. Um, I'm excited to be a part of this. Uh, excited to see who, what our viewers think and our listeners alike. Um, you know, David, you and I have been talking about this stuff pretty regularly, you know, in our just our day-to-day walk and what Christ looks like in our life. And so to put this in a podcast is pretty special. Um and to see, you know, to be able to talk about your blogs that you put a lot of hard work into is pretty cool. Um, you know, I guess my my initial first thoughts were, well, this is crazy because this is the exact same Bible verse I wrote on my mirror the other day. <laughs> like, honestly, and God, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. Uh, I believe in God, you know, and God will put things and signs and speak to us in different ways. And so being that I've been kind of walking through this storm right now in my own life, I found that this is really a fitting uh, blog for me to read. And um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm just trying to think of like what, yeah, I, I, you know, but like I said, it's, it is a lifestyle. You know, there, I, we, I was at CR the other night, Celebrate Recovery, mm-hmm. which we all, you know, a lot of us are a part of at our church. And uh, I recognize just in the conversation that I had grown from what I used to be and that I wanted to continue to grow. And the only way I was going to continue to grow was to live this lifestyle of repentance, right? And to continually recognize sin and continue to, to see it as sin because, you know, um, I'm, I'm 32 now. Cole, I believe you're how old again? 18. Yeah. So you're, you're a bit younger, but you know, does which means you you still have experiences in life and stuff, but I can see even through you like where I my mindset used to be and like how far I've come even from that age, and like and I'm just excited to see where God's gonna take me next, you know, and um and I and I genuinely mean that, and I know David, you know me well enough to know I wouldn't be lying about that, <laughs> so um <clears throat> so yeah, I mean it's it's a lifestyle, a lifestyle, and I and it's funny because like I said. I, you know, I never used to wrote, write things on the mirror, but I decided to get mirror markers this week and I started writing the verses because the Lord had convicted me and said, you know, you don't know my word as well as you should, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why you're struggling because it's not really ingrained in your heart, Yeah. you know, um, and so that's kind of been one of my things that I've started with. I, I don't know, y'all have anything that you've done to like really amplify it as a lifestyle? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I love how you're talking about putting things on your mirror. Um, I had um, written out several memory verses, and um, I had memorized them. Mm-hmm. And um, then I would tape them to my mirror so that every mm-hmm. morning when I'm in my bathroom getting ready for, for the day, I, I can look at those and just remind myself of those. Uh, for me, memorization does not come easy. Mm-hmm. I will memorize something, and I'll know it for a week, and then it will... It's gone. Um, so just that that visual reminder of those on my uh, my mirror um, every day helped keep those verses fresh in my heart. Um, so I think 
for me, we talk a lot about um, this idea of surrender and abandonment. Um, I think for me, that's become a new reality uh, that God's taking me through this this season in my life where I, he's really asking me to surrender everything to him and just completely mm. trust him. Um, <clears throat> and that includes, you know, um, the consequences of, of my sin. That includes um, trusting him to give me the grace and the strength when I'm in the midst of the temptation to, to flee from it. Um, I think there's just something really beautiful and powerful in the act of surrendering. Um, and I think that goes against the, the, the spirit of pride. You know, it, we can only surrender if we're really operating in the spirit of humility. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, yeah. Cole, you have any ways God's teaching you how to make this a lifestyle? That's actually kind of funny because, uh, what was it? Wednesday. Uh, I felt God give me these words and the more I wrote down them, the more it turned into a poem because I was trying to write almost a love song to God, mm. except I didn't understand how much I loved God and how much he loved me and how much more he loves me than I could ever love him. Mm. And after writing down a couple words, I'm like, okay, apparently I didn't love God as much as I thought I did. So that, if I could just share a bit, you have stolen my heart, my love, my God. How much more could I say? You're more than enough for me. Oh, how beautiful you are. The blessings from your scars, the healing in my heart. You loved me back when I was young and you love me still for many days to come. I can never love like you. You can never love me less. It's the beginning of our story foretold by your glory. The new me is awake. The new me is alive. The king of glory stands before me. The king of glory holds my heart. My God, my God, my first my truest love. Hmm. That was just part of it, but it helped show me that I can write these lyrics and say them, but the emotional part behind it is God is our first. And if we truly love him, then the sin in our lives shouldn't mean anything. And we should desire true repentance Hmm. all the time. It's not, it's constantly cheating on your partner forever. In a sense, the best way to describe it, it's a constant disobedience and constant disappointment, but it's unlike a love we've ever known and unlike a love we ever will truly know until we are with him. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been with this week. And as much as a conviction that it is, it also kind of put me on the moon. So there's, it's just, it's weird of, I'm a terrible person, but oh my gosh, God, thank you. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing's for sure, Cody, we got a poet in the house. Here. Yes. I mean, yeah. Um, when you make your first millions on these poems, you know, remember us here. You well, know? If they're not just poems, I hope they're music. <laughs> this guy can play music. So I hope that's, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I'd, I'd like to add something. Yeah. I, I thought, um, you know, what I thought about was what's stopping me from that love that you just described in that poem. Because honestly, that, that that's a great way to, 
you know, first and foremost, obviously God wants us to set goals for ourselves in this life, whether, whatever it is, and whether it's in our careers or our relationships and stuff, but ultimately in order to set those goals, we have to persevere uh, and, and, and not persevere. The word is um, pursue is the word I'm looking for. Pursue love. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And what came to mind was uh, from our celebrate recovery uh, testimony last night from one of our brothers there, he had shared that he'd struggle with the lust of the eyes Mm. and the lust of the flesh. And I can honestly say that's something that I've struggled with since I was, you know, since I was a young kid, you know? And so I'm like, what, you know, so I guess my whole, you know, other, like I said, going back to lifestyle, what is it, what is it going to take? Like, what is it going to take for me to really die to sin? Like Paul says every day, die to flesh every day, you know, which is essentially sin, right? What is it going to take? You know, like that's, I mean, I'm not satisfied much like you said, like, I'm not satisfied. Like I just want to know more of his love and it's, it's, I'm, you know, and so I'm just, I'm blessed to, like I said, blessed that we're having this conversation, blessed that I can have this thought process happening and just hoping again that our viewers and our listeners are learning something from that. So yeah, that's good. Um, So yeah, I kind of open up the, uh, the, the meditation on this, this, idea of sin confess repent and that it's a cycle that we go through um tell me you know a little bit about your experiences or frustrations with this cycle uh because i know we all go through it uh you know i'm not asking that you like spill all the beans about your dirt you know but uh, just just the, the frustration you've had what god has shown you in in battling that cycle about your own heart, about his faithfulness. Um, yeah, just um, why do we keep doing it as well? That's the question I have for myself. Why do I keep doing it? Um, yeah. That's a great question. I don't, Cole, do you want to kick it off? Or... <laughs> I mean, I can't. Well, great mind. deflection there, Cody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm hiding over here, cowering. Um... <laughs> Please, someone else take the bullet first. <laughs> I can go first. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Bueller. Um, I think it's almost a pride and heart thing. Mm-hmm. It's a pride that in a moment we feel like we are better than God, that we think our way is better than his for a moment. Mm-hmm. And that one moment allows Satan enough time and enough grit over us to pushes back down so then we feel bad again then we ask god for forgiveness and then good things happen to us so we feel like we're on the moon so we're kind of inflating ourselves based on little things god has done to try to to, to try to build those back up which is funny because i'm realizing what i just said and how i'm on the moon and i'm like oh no that's a, okay that's a different conversation <laughs> like, yeah we take these little things that happen and it inflates us so high so then at the moment we feel like we're better than God again for a split second, we go crashing down. Mm. And this time we go deeper than what we did before mm. almost. Mm. So it's, I feel like it's a pride thing. How do we stop the desires from our heart? How do you feel like we, uh, how do we as Christians and believers that claim to love and follow God's word, stop the pride of this world and stop the sin of Adam? If that makes sense yeah no that makes sense i like that that how you brought pride into it and 
how we think we're, we know better than God in that moment. Um, I also want to throw in the word love. I, I think, I think part of it comes down to the fact that somewhere inside of us, we still love our sin. Hmm. Um, and that love, you know, we may say we love God more and 95% of our day we're demonstrating that love to God, but then that little 5% comes in, sneak attacks us. And, and <clears throat> I was telling Cole before we start the podcast, I, I often think about loving our sin as a toxic ex-girlfriend. I know we've all had them, um, but that girlfriend that we just, for some reason, we can't get over but they were so bad for us. Like everything about them just brought us down. Mm-hmm. And um, sin, I feel like is like that. They keep, that girlfriend keeps, that ex-girlfriend keeps coming back into our life and being like, hey baby, you want to try again? And because we're still holding on that little bit of love for them, we're like, yeah, let's try it again. And then it just crumbles and falls all over again, you know? Um <clears throat> That's kind of how I think of it, you know? I think one thing I, I would, I, li- I love what you said, David. I just think there's only one thing I'd probably um, change or at least have our viewers and listeners know is that I think the love you're talking about, though, is infatuation, yeah. right? Mm, Not yeah. agape love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because, that's true. Yeah. Because, and I was just thinking about like, just in my own mind, I'm like, what does that, what does that look like for Cody? What would he do spinning his wheels? And why would he be spinning his wheels? And then my mind went to, because I'm believing a lie, mm. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and something I, I was revealed to me this week too, on, uh, you know, last night at, at Celebrate Recovery was that uh, Satan, he, he's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He is, he is powerful. And just when you think you've figured him out through the word of God, through your faith, you know, like he he finds a way to just like really unsettle you. And, you know, and I, and I think for me personally recently, that's what's really got me really thinking about the repentance as a lifestyle. Right. Because I'm finding out as I'm getting older, like I can't just be comfortable with just being like, okay, I'm good. Now, like you going back to what you said, Cole, like I'm on top of the world. Everything's great. I've got to figure it out. You know, like, like there is something truly powerful about remaining in Christ as, as yeah. John talks about abiding in him, you yeah. know, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. My experience is um, when, when I'm on the moon or on top of the world, and I think, Oh, I got it this time. I'm finally there. That's when that crazy ex-girlfriend comes back in, you know, and that, that girlfriend of course is symbolic for whatever sin we're struggling with, but um, knocking on the door and being like, Hey baby, um but i think you know really the the key to that and i I talk about in my blog is how do we kill our sin you know um and um i think part of that has to do with the difference between just confessing our sin and transformation, true transformation, letting God change our hearts and change the way we think. And also learning to grieve our sin. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we can't really grieve something until it's out of our life. Right. Right. 
Um, wow. I just had a revelation of my own life for a second. Uh, cue the fireworks, please. <laughs> Whoa. Welcome to the other side of grace. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, seriously, it's like, well, say that the last part again you said. Um, we can't grieve something until it's out of our life. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like thinking about what I've been infatuated by lately and like, I'm like, I can't properly grieve it or allow it to heal because I won't let go. I won't surrender it. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's amazing. See, even God's working in this podcast, yeah. you know, like even bringing revelations to me. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the funny thing is like, just like um, when a relationship ends or when a loved one passes away, mm -hmm. you know, that relate that relationship is severed it's over mm. it's done and then we can allow that grieving process mm. in we have to do the same with our sin we have to be able to say i am done with this sin right i'm putting it to death because i am a new creation in christ and then you have to learn how to grieve it mm. that's good and I think that goes back to what you said earlier about, you know, we try and forget our sin. Like, oh, let's hide that under the rug. That never happened. Right. But that's not a healthy way to move right. forward. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, how do we grieve the way God grieved? Mm. Like, because the world and the way that we kind of all grew up, grief can mean different things. Grief can either mean completely forgetting altogether or it can mean moving forward to the next thing. So in that case, how do we follow? What does the Bible say about a godly way to grieve things, mm. to grieve sin? Mm. Since we treat sin almost as uh, God itself. So how do we put that to death? Mm. How do we settle with that in our own lives? Mm. Yeah. You just said something that made me, you said, we, we treat sin as if it was God itself. What do you, just expound upon that for a second. I'm curious. That... Uh, we make gods on our own. Any moment we're not worshiping God and we try to make the other thing number one, it becomes God to us. Mm. It becomes a bunch of little Gs that we mm. treat as the big G. Mm. Whether that be, uh, I can honestly say, music for me, whether that be even eventually this podcast. W if we try to artificially make something a god, whatever it had no intention or no desire to become a god, it's it, it makes it harder for us to focus on the only god. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, the little idols we put in our in our life um, that take place of God. Um, yeah, that's good. Felt like you were going to say something. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree full heartedly with Cole and I'm, uh, I'm really honestly astounded by your wisdom and at your age. No, seriously, seriously. Um, because, you know, I don't think I recognize that I had other idols in my life until it hurt. <laughs> and, you know, I guess one if there's a goal or mission I have with doing stuff like this, is to to help others not have to go through what I had to go through, you know. And so, you know, for me, it became apparent. For me, it became apparent 
that I had other idols in my life, and it wasn't until I was about 21. So, which isn't too much further after what you are right now, 18. But even still, like that's three years of grief that I didn't need to go through. <laughs> right? Come on, do the math, y'all. <laughs> One, two, three, three years, 36 months. <laughs> Of, you know, of hell, really. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it took it literally took God. Um, I played college basketball for a year. It took God allowing my ACL to be torn for me to recognize that I had made basketball my idol, much like music can be for you if you're not careful, you know. Um, and it took that, which has now, you know, what the enemy meant for evil is now. <laughs> good right because now i've moved on and i use that that situation and it allowed me to build uh a strength uh, a confidence in god a faith you know and i think that's something that comes from repentance too right continual like faith like you're building you're just like you're in the gym flexing you know you're building your biceps up right you're doing the same thing with your spiritual muscle would you agree david yeah 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 Oh yeah. You just convicted me about going to the gym more. (laughs) (laughs) Exercising your faith and your gifts. Yeah. Hey, Paul says to be excellent in all things. Oof. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's some along those lines. Remember y'all, I'm still working on my memorization. (laughs) Still writing the words in your heart. (laughs) Yeah, still writing the words in my heart. So but yeah. That's good. Um Cole, you had a question you had written down in, in preparation for this about uh, hitting rock bottom. You wanna you wanna share that question and yeah. we can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I had it, then I cleared it because of the poem. Okay, uh, many Christians have a past of hitting rock bottom in order for them to truly see how true re- repentance works, how sin controls them, and how desperately they need God to be first in their life. Do we have to hit rock bottom in order for this to happen? Mm. Yeah, I've struggled with that question a lot. Do we have to hit rock bottom? Because um, obviously in, in my own struggle and journey with um, overcoming pornography, mm. I have um, cried out to God many times, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I don't want to do this anymore. And it was that that sin, confess, repent cycle that I was found myself stuck in. Um, Ultimately, I would always go back to that sin. You know, like a dog always goes back to its own vomit, you know, that scripture verse. Um, And it wasn't until I hit rock bottom in that addiction that um, I was able to find real freedom. And I always wonder why that had to be like, why did my whole world have to shatter and fall apart? Why did God have to do the extreme things he did to get me to yank me out of that? You know, when the whole time, like I realized what I was doing was wrong and there was a part of my heart that wanted to Mm -hmm. truly live in repentance. But there was this other part that like we talked about, still loved my sin or you know to correctly use the word love here infatuation of that sin right right, right. um and i think it really comes down to our understanding of 
um, true transformation and God's grace mm -hmm. in opposition to our pride. Yeah. Because my pride was obviously keeping me from truly loving God more than I love my sin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was as lukewarm, you know, mm. it's totally useless in that sense. Um, mm. yeah. I might, can I, yeah, yeah, for a yeah, second? Yeah. I might, I might, um, this is interesting. Um, Cause obviously, you know, we're on an equal playing field here, but I want to challenge you for a second, brother. I want to, I yeah, wanna, let's hear it. I, I think, you know, you're, what I'm hearing is, and it may, it may be, and please correct me if this isn't your mindset, but it sounds like you're asking why. Why did this happen? And and I, this is for me too. I'm talking to myself too. Mm -hmm. But it's I think the question is, and this is I think this is how we can get that transformation you're talking about. Right. And this again, this is got this is God downloading yeah. this into me now. And it's like, what can I do with the situation I'm in now? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I'm sure that's what you were getting at, yeah. or he has spoken that to you. Well, you know, now that you said it, I can say that that's what I was getting to. Okay. Yeah. And now I'm that I've cut you off and, and have overloaded the <laughs> podcast lead. No, that's that's yeah. a great question. And you know, I think in in the in the meditation, all right. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I keep confessing, um, and I find myself asking why, but why is not really the right question. Mm -hmm. The right question is what is genuine and mm -hmm. how do I live that out? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you were kind of saying. Um focusing on less i think focusing yeah. less on what occurred right and what can we do now with what we have yeah but what i was trying to say is when i was in that cycle my question was why why yeah. do i keep doing this mm. god i love you but why do i keep going mm. back to this to answer the question it was uh do we have to hit rock bottom in order for this to happen and god kind of gave me this answer over the course of four years <laughs> and it was we have to go through all of this stuff, all of the crap, all of the sin, in order for us to realize God is all that we need for Him to, for us to allow Him to take us up by the chin and to look at Him in the eyes, for Him to say, "I am all that you need." That was it. It kind of opened my eyes in a sense too to kind of see that our in our stubbornness and in our sin and in our pride we may some of us may have to go through more than others in order to finally see that god is all that we need in our lives because mm -hmm. it's it's what takes each individual person to truly see what god sees we can borrow faith all that we want to but in the end our faith is our own and if we don't take our faith in our own hands we will never see the plan god wants for us yeah i think that's uh i think that's the beautiful thing that you were you were illustrating is God has to sometimes take us through the worst of situations in order to shape us. And yeah, it, it does kind of remind me, I think um, the skit guys did a, a little skit about, you know, how God chisels us down. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if, if you guys haven't seen the skit guys, go, go YouTube them. They're amazing. Um, they're not paying us either. They're not paying us either. So that's another free plug for them. Um, you're welcome. Skit guys. Um, but the it really kind of brings us back to this 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 idea of transformation you know confession versus transformation i can confess my sin before god but unless god is truly shaping my heart and transforming me into the likeness of christ 
that confession will end there. And I think we, we often get stuck at that confession. It's like, okay, I, I've confessed my sin. I've asked Jesus to forgive me. And then we just go back to living our life as it was instead of actually like sitting down with God and allowing him to uh, renew our mind, renew our thinking, renew our heart. Um, and I want to read the verse from, from Romans, uh, Romans 12, uh, 1 through 12 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And of course, that's the New Living Translation, but I love how it, it, it talks about um, our true worship of God is to allow his transformation to change us. And we're not going to conform to the behaviors and customs of the world. We're, we're not going to do the things that our friends are doing because we know Christ. We know better. We're not going to fall back into the pattern of sin because now we know better. Um, and, and really let that change the way we think. Um, uh, really, the battle is always in our mind, the way we think about sin. I think you had said it earlier, Cole, you know, it's we, we put our sin almost as like a little idol or God in our life. And so we think about sin that way instead of realizing we have authority over that. There's only one God, and he has given us authority over all of these little sin patterns in our life. And um, we can take those thoughts captive and subject them in obedience to God. Um, I just, it just blows my mind just the, what true transformation can do. And it's a process. It's not something that we do immediately, right? I mean, right. I think that's where we get caught up in the confession is we confess and we think, oh, okay, we're, we're going to change now. We're, we've confessed the sin, but we haven't actually gone through the painful transformation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about Paul's... Um... The, the word Paul gave us, I think it was in Philippians, about transforming the mind too, right? Mm -hmm. Renewing our mind daily and, um, you know, to renew it, to change it, I guess, to allow God to change it, um, it would mean to do something differently than what we had been previously doing, right? Um, for me recently, I guess to give a really good example of that is going, and this touches on the grief uh portion we talked about earlier, uh, which allows us to also be transformed, right? Um, and, you know, I used to be, prior to coming to triad, I was either too prideful or just didn't understand what it meant to go to the altar, right? Um, now I'm at a point where, because I am truly trying to live out this lifestyle of repentance, I'm finding myself like willingly going to the altar, willingly saying, God, transform me which has turned into a, a form of grief that I never had experienced, but it has brought like such peace. Like I think it was last Sunday. I, I actually was like 
honestly weeping at the altar and like it wasn't like a sorrow sor- well it was a sorrowful weeping towards him like hey god like i realize my sin and what it's done to put a chasm between us you know that's the word i'm looking for chasm chasm i don't Ch- know chasm i think that's I think chasm is the word chasm. i believe Ta- we're going with chasm uh, let's go with it <laughs> but you know it's put a rift between us our relationship and you know i i grieved that and i think in that moment, God was like, that's what I wanted you to do. Not the infatuation that you had in your mind, in the mm-hmm. storm, in the things that you were idolizing. You know, so, I don't know. I don't want to stretch with what we're talking about. because it, yeah, It's good, but I think uh, on our Thursday night group that we had, we kind of skipped around this conversation in a sense. It's a, tra- a transfer Transformation, the way that God changes us and how unless we allow God to transform us, we cannot pursue our function in the church and the house and the body efficiently. And we are actually dragging our fellow brothers and sisters down by refusing God's way, by letting our pride take over mm-hmm. and letting our sin control us, right. uh, allowing that ex-girlfriend to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it it brings the the concept of you know our sin um, has consequences in other people's lives, right. and uh, when we are active in sin, we're we are pre- preventing um, the work of God to overflow from us into someone else. Instead, we're we're we're, we're creating these boundaries that prevent the work of God, and and not just boundaries, but almost um, we're creating storms in other people's Mm -hmm. life that cause them damage. And I think that's something we don't often think about is the effects and the consequences of our sin on other people. And um, I think that's part of the grieving process that we have to go through as well is realizing, okay, my sin hurt me, but it also hurt my family also hurt my friends also hurt my church also hurt um the people i care about um and we we don't think about that oftentimes i think we we're stuck in our kind of singular focus this is my life this is what's happening to me um i think if we really did think about the consequences our sin has on others it would be a whole lot more weighty. Um, and when, when we're in the midst of that temptation, if we were able to stop and say, okay, how is this going to affect my mother or my father mm-hmm. or my sister <clears throat> yeah. or my wife or my children? Um, I think we would have a lot more power in that moment to overcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big sharer. Yeah, yeah. And I I just want to share another little portion of my, you know, with this, you know, I mean, I was disobedient to the Lord this week. He had asked me to not communicate with somebody for 40 days, and I decided to go ahead and communicate with this person. Well, little did I know that by communicating with this person, not only did it cause storms in other people's lives, but it it caused storms in my, my family's life, who's not even here in the state. You know, it caused fear in my mother's heart, you know, and... I was grieving that 
you know, knowing that that caused fear in my mother's heart to think that her son was in danger or something, you know, or, and, um, so yeah, I, you know, I think, and this kind of, I think this leads kind of into your next points here to kind of close out this podcast. And it's talking about taking responsibility for those actions, mm. which will lead to truth. Right. I think that's yeah. kind of what yeah. you got at. And, um, and you know, with that, what is our response to this truth? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think the question I, I had is, when confronted with the truth, how will you respond? And, you know, I talked a little, little bit about it in, in the meditation. Um, are we going to shift blame on other people? Or are we going to allow the truth to really shape us? Um, and oftentimes, if we're living and operating in a spirit of pride, we can't receive the truth. We're going to deflect, we're going to deny, we're going to blame. Right. But if we're really living in that spirit of humility, the truth can actually come in and chisel us down and give us a new understanding of our situation and give us a real true heart of grief and repentance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, got, I guess I got another thought. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> no, no, it, don't be sorry. Don't it, be sorry. It's just... It, Pride versus humility, you know, I, I think there's some, there's a fine balance here, and this is kind of going a different direction too with it, but there is a balance between humility and pride still, or allowing, more so allowing Satan, to, I think, let me be clear about this, humility should not be confused with low self-esteem. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. And pride yeah. should not be confused with confidence. Right. Yeah. Because... You know, I think the enemy likes to get in our heads and say, because we're joy-filled, because of God giving us these blessings and us being good at what we do, he likes to say, you're, you know, you're prideful. And, you know, or 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 when you're really humble, he's like, you're depressed. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, that's a tangent we could go off on in a whole other podcast. No, I think, but, I think that's a good, good thing to point but, out, is that humility is not... Uh, lack of self-esteem right. or low confidence. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, if we're really living in a godly humility, we should be filled with joy. Mm. Um, mm. And we should be exuberating that joy and um, that should give us confidence. Yeah. right? Because we're walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Um, whereas if we're living in low confidence or low self-esteem, we're, we're kind of shy you know, we don't know how to hold ourselves. We don't know how to have uh, important conversations. Um, and, and yeah, we're beating ourselves up on the inside. I wish I hadn't done this or whatever other lies the devil tries to use. Um, and yeah, pride is the exact opposite. Uh, pride is not this, you know, necessarily being overconfident in yourself. Pride, this kind of godly, the, uh, the recognition of this pride um, is realizing that um, we are not God, you know, and when we're acting in this, a spirit of pride, we are acting in a spirit where we, we think we know better than God. Um, and that can affect our confidence level, can make us maybe be boastful or too, too overconfident sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's the same as just being um, confident in who we are as, as children of God. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. I know that um, 
when I've been confronted with my sin, uh, especially when I was in in my addiction with pornography and coming out of it, there was a lot of denial and a lot of blame um, going on there. And it took God that time to transform me, to chisel that away, um, for me to really to be able to say, you know, my sin was my fault. No one else's. Yeah, sure, other people in my life played a role, but the decision to actually do what I did was mine. And just like the other people in my life are going to feel the consequences of those sins, but those that sin is still mine, and I have to own it. And I think that's where real humility comes from. And it's only when we get that spirit of humility that I think we can respond to truth in that way. So I guess the question is, how do we respond? How do we respond? Any thoughts? The quote was so cool. Words of encouragement. Well, we have left well, Cole speechless. We have done something new that has never been done before. Uh, <laughs> um, I think just to, to close this out, first of all, guys, thanks for um, coming over and being a part of this podcast today. I look forward to uh, us doing some more of these in the future. Um, but I want to close with the words of the psalmist. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, not my salvation, God's salvation in me. Then I will be joyfully singing your songs of forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. That's Psalm 51, 12 through 15. And uh, I think that is what we need to be constantly in pursuit of the joy of God's salvation in our life. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. And until next time.